Welcome to the Inside Out Life, the podcast where we strive for inward reformation that inspires outward transformation in every area, marriage, family, faith, and life. I'm your host, author, and pastor, Chris Schimmel. There's a movie that came out in 2008 called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, starring Brad Pitt. Well, I had read the short story, and I knew what it was about, but I also watched the movie. It would be considered a fantasy or a a science fiction about Benjamin, who was born in 1860 with the physical appearance and size of a 70-year-old man. (laughs) And I know what you're thinking, that poor mother, but... It was never really talked about. He is even able to talk like an aged man. But instead of getting older, he ages in reverse. He gets younger. Before he enters school, his father invites the neighborhood boys over to play with him. But Benjamin gets bored with children's toys. The the neighborhood boys are a little weirded out playing with an older man who is four. Uh, When Benjamin goes to kindergarten at five, he doesn't fit in because he keeps falling asleep during children's activities. When he turns 12, his family realizes that he is aging backwards, and, and they try to help him adjust. When he's 18, he goes to Yale, but... He's sent home because the officials think that he's just a 50-year-old lunatic. And as Benjamin gets older, he just keeps getting younger. It's an intriguing story because none of us want to age. Everyone wishes they didn't have the aches or the pains or the failing eyesight or the forgetfulness or the wrinkles. In one of the churches that we pastored, there was a lady who just looked, well, pretty worn. She had an energy that uh, caused her to seem younger, but the wrinkles on her face and the way her skin appeared caused her to look much older. And so I assumed that she was in her mid-50s or older. However, after knowing her a year or so, I was shocked to learn that she was only 40 years old. I've learned over the years that it's not uncommon for both men and women to appear to look much older than they are because of how life has treated them. Sometimes people who live hard lives and go through many different trials like Well, many losses in their family or bad marriages or alcoholism or drug addiction or years of smoking or fear or worry or anger. Well, they just look worn. And some look this way because of ongoing medical conditions that take a toll on their bodies. They they aren't unattractive or mean or less spiritual. Their faces just look older. But when we look at these people, we we don't really think about the fact that what we see on the surface probably means 
that there are underlying causes that that they had lived hard times, um, hard lives, that they had gone through a lifetime of trials or pain and half the time of many others. And this is an illustration of every one of our lives because we don't just do the things we do or act the way that we act or say the things that we say because of some random experience or occurrence in our lives, usually our surface behaviors are influenced by underlying causes. Once a man was brought to Jesus who was possessed by a demon, and Jesus cast the demon out. But when he did, the spiritual leaders who were watching accused him of casting the demon out by the power of Satan. Now to this, Jesus went into a practical but very spiritual explanation about how the whole premise of their accusation didn't make sense. He said, why would Satan fight against Satan himself? If Satan went around casting out himself, it's only a matter of time before his kingdom would fall. But then he talked to them about the real reason they spoke against him. He said, the true reason that you are opposing me is because evil is in your heart. And he suggested, how can anyone with evil in his heart speak good things? He said, they can't because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, <clears throat> Jesus' exact reference was that evil words come from an evil heart. But how often are people's words more than words, but actions, even behaviors? For example, hateful remarks are behaviors. Anger outbursts are behaviors. Lies are behaviors. Slander is behavior. Jealousies are behaviors. Unforgiveness are all behaviors that are spoken. Now, there's a good side as well. If we speak encouraging and uplifting things to people, um, that is a behavior as well. It's a good behavior. But the point I'm trying to make is when Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, he was saying that surface behaviors are influenced by underlying causes that have left their marks upon the heart. Have you ever met someone who always seems to be finding something wrong with everybody and everything? You know, they're always criticizing someone or finding fault with someone or something. Or uh, they're finding fault with an organization, or maybe even the church. And we are around, when we are around someone like this, we are often tempted to analyze their opinions on the basis of their content. We might even be drawn into a debate with them about whether or not they're right or wrong. Or we might even be tempted to be persuaded by their reasonings on the matter. But seldom do we consider 
that their critical tendencies may be more about disappointment in their own lives and blame cycles that they were exposed to from their earliest upbringings that contributed to a troubled heart that is desperately trying to elevate their self-worth by criticizing the actions and the opinions of others. And by the way, this is a common surface behavior that is tragically and unconsciously connected to destructive underlying causes. There was a lady who started coming to one of our churches in California and after a while wanted to become involved in the children's ministry. In the first month, she had a run-in with one of the workers. We ironed that out and she kept working with the ministry. But a few months later, she had another relational problem and was ready to quit again. But we addressed it and she hung in there. Then a few months later, something else happened and it was the final straw. She resigned, blaming the children's ministry leaders for all the problems and for not uh, liking and caring about her. She told her husband, who was also uh, coming to church, that she could not go back to our church. It had just had too many problems. Well, her husband set up a lunch appointment with me to tell me about it. But this is what he said to me. He said, when we started coming to church here, I hoped that it would be different. I really like it here. I feel like you and I could really be friends. He was actually a, a former NFL football player. But every place we go, he said, the same thing happens. My wife always finds something wrong with every church and every Christian she comes in contact with. This is our fifth church and it's the same everywhere we go i've tried to help her see that maybe the problem is with in her but she won't hear it and i asked him why do you think that is he said i know exactly why it is my wife was sexually abused by her father from earliest childhood throughout junior high the only way that she can cope with the pain that she feels is to believe that everyone around her are the ones who are flawed, but not her. He paid for my lunch, and as he left the table, he said, I hope it changes someday. Another time, a man chewed me out for something that he didn't understand in the church. He slammed his fist on my desk, and he said, I'm never coming back. Well, I was devastated, and I didn't even understand his point. Two nights later, his wife called me, and I my first thought was, oh, no, she is going to ball me out too. She's going to get me with the other barrel. Instead, she said, I'm so sorry for what my husband said to you. He's under a lot of pressure at work. He's about to lose his job. He had a similar blow-up with his daughter last night, and he's not in his right mind. And when he gets in these moods, he resorts to reacting in the angry ways his father used to 
react to and treat him. Please don't take the things he said to you personally. They are his issues. Another guy couldn't figure out why his Christian wife left him one day, even though throughout all the 20 years that they had been married uh, and through the raising of all their six kids, he had never held down a job. She went to work faithfully every day for 20 years while he sat at home and watched soap operas, but he couldn't figure it out. I'll never forget when I approached him while he was working on his car. The mere mention of her explanation for leaving, uh, being his uh, joblessness, caused him to slam his car door, almost breaking my arm, and he squealed out of the driveway in an eruption of anger, the likes of which I had never seen before in my life. You see, he had always told himself his job situation was the result of bad breaks and bad bosses or bad jobs. He couldn't deal with the suggestion or the possibility that his behavior was to blame and was the result of his own laziness and his own lack of motivation that had their source in underlying causes in his own life from earliest times during his upbringing. And I could give you case after case of people with surface behaviors that are destroying their lives, but they don't know about or want to admit or want to deal with their underlying causes. The guy who can't let go of pornography. The girl who feels compelled to cut her wrists. The lady who can't beat her depression. The man who is threatened by every suggestion his wife makes. Most people don't know this. But I battle uh, anger tendencies every single day of my life. And I have my whole life. Now, in the last 25 years or so, maybe 30 years, with God's help, I have watched these tendencies, tendencies diminish in intensity. And I have watched my surface behaviors become less and less regular and less and less pronounced. But it took a profound healing experience with God, a healing, uh, I would call emotional healing, in order to break the cycle in my heart and life. When I was an adolescent, I suffered a significant amount of parental abandonment, mostly from my father. I was a latchkey kid from age nine and on. There was no place for communication about feelings or problems in my family, and my parents hardly ever took interest in any of my activities. Now, at the time, I didn't even notice that they weren't there, um, that they were pretty much absent in my life. But when I got into my mid to late 20s, and with my growing understanding of myself and God's word and people, I began to discover I had anger issues. I didn't go out and murder anyone or get into brawls with people. I think I was just too chicken for that. But I found myself being impatient with people and expressing critical thoughts and becoming coercive 
with my tone and threatened by people's suggestions and speaking rudely and so forth. And, oh yes, calling other drivers idiots. <laughs> and some of you are probably thinking, well, if that's an indicator, then we all have anger issues. Well, then I learned that all these behaviors were the result of the underlying cause of anger in my heart. And I needed healing. In fact, God just revealed to me in, with a sense in my own heart that it was time for me to address these issues by seeking healing. And God was there to provide it as I sought it. But first, it takes a willingness to say that I am responsible for my own behaviors. No one else forces me to act the way I do. I act this way because I willingly choose to. I may have had tough times, bad parents, and a soiled upbringing, but in the final analysis, I am the one who chooses to behave the way that I do. So I am responsible for my own behaviors. And second, it takes a willingness to say, my behaviors are from no other cause but my own heart. Because out of the abundance of my own heart, I behave. Other people may have egged me on by the way that they are, uh, but when I say what I say, and, or when I do what I do, or when I act the way I act, my own heart is the source. Now, if we stop there, things would be pretty bleak because it's all within us. In fact, a lot of people don't even get this far. They spend their whole lives living in denial that there are problem behaviors in their lives, or they spend their lives blaming someone else for their behaviors because they can't deal with the pain of carrying the load themselves. So what does God want us to do? Well, he wants us healed. He wants us whole, which may mean we will need to seek the healing that he provides. The best indicators that we need emotional healing are our behaviors. Do you have behaviors that need fixing? Take our emotional healing assessment to find out if emotional healing designed for the Christian is a good option for you. <laughs>